well, we're going to go to vacation tomorrow, and one of the things I like about vacation is um, before, um, it's, it's a lot of people, and it's fun, but one of the things about vacation, we've gone the same exact spot every single year, but we get on, I'll get on 429, I'll go to the Maitland Boulevard, I'll go from Maitland Boulevard, I'll get on I-4, I'll stop off at Peach Valley Cafe, and once I get on, uh, when I'll eat breakfast, and I'll get back on I-4, I'll go up to Jacksonville, and I'll hit 95, and then I'll go all the way up to get to Brunswick. When I get to Brunswick, I'll get off the exit there, and I'll make a right, and I'll just go straight until I run into the beach. I love it. And every single year we go to vacation, the first couple of years, I had to follow my father-in-law super closely. I had to follow him right behind him because if I, fo- if I didn't follow him, I would get lost. And we've been going there for so long. This was pre-GPS, okay? That's how old I am. We didn't have, we used maps. There's a thing we used, we used to use called maps, but it wasn't an app on our phone. It was a piece of paper that we'd flip over. You're like, yo, how old is this guy? He's old. And so I'm like, I had to follow him. One time I lost him. So I did what anybody else would do that lost somebody. I just stepped on the gas a little bit further. Now, the thing that you need to know about my father-in-law is he's a, he's a chaplain for the, highway, for the Florida Highway Patrol, which is great for him because when he gets pulled over, he's a chaplain. No one's putting a, a pastor in prison, you know what I'm saying, for speeding. Now, th- you do something bad, you're going to prison. But if you're speeding and you give a pastor a ticket, like, there's a place for you, you know what I'm saying? So you can't, uh, he said so he, would, he would flash his credentials. And so, I mean, but I got to catch up to this guy because I am, I'm missing it. Like, if I, don't, if I lose him, this is before I knew how to get there. I know how to get there now, but I got to stay behind him. Well, I lost him. And as I was losing him, I was so excited. Man, I'm going on vacation. I got, the ca- I got all the stuff in the car. We have kids. So all the stuff, it was back in the early days. So we only had one kid. But I think we took as much with one kid as we take for four kids. I don't know. But with one kid, we bring the bathtub, the bath water, the bath soap, 65 pacifiers just in case we lose one. Like, we were prepared. We brought the crib and the bassinet. They're the same exact thing, but we bought two. Like, we wanted to make sure. We brought three strollers in case they had a growth spurt while they were out on the vacation. Like, they might jump into the toddler seat, bring the toddler seat too. Like, we had all the things, what the kids are saying now. We had all of the things. Like, we were loaded in. So we get up the road, and I'm, I'm flying. I'm probably going about 90-something miles an hour on the, on the county road now. And I look up, and I see a cop. And he was going fast, too. But he was going the opposite direction of me. I'm like, yo, he, he's got somewhere to go. I'm like, him and I got something in common. Like, we're both trying to get some. We're trying to get there fast. And then those lights that nobody wants to see come flashing, like blue and red lights. I'm like, yo, he's in a hurry. Like, he must be trying to get to Dunkin' Donuts or something. Like, he's trying to get somewhere. He's trying to get there as fast as he can. I'm trying to get right fast. Well, I just keep on going. And he kept on going until he passed me. Then he slowed down. I'm like, why is he slowing down? Then he turns around like, man, I guess he wants to go to vacation with us too. He's going where I'm going. So he turns around and he pulls me over and I pull over to the sideline. He goes, sir, do you know how fast you're going? I said, I don't know. I said, but my father-in-law, I got to catch up to him. We had cell phones back then. We just didn't have directions. I'm like, I had to stay with him. Because I'm trying to go where he's, I'm trying to get where he's going. We're going, we're going on vacation. You know, like, I, I got to get there. And he goes, well, sir, you, he's like, usually when people pass a cop, they slow down. He goes, you actually went faster after you passed me. He said, because I radared you this way, but I also turned on my radar in the back, and I radared you when I passed you. You were going X miles an hour fast. And I, I realized I was going, he said, sir, why are you going so fast? I said, I'm going so fast because I did not want to get lost. I do not want to be lost because I don't want that that familiar sound that comes from that passenger seat from a wife that says, I told you so. And I don't want to hear the second worst thing that they could say is, stop and get directions. Because we don't need directions, guys. We've been there once. We don't need directions. We'd rather get lost 65 times than get one directions once. So she says to me, I, 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 so I pull her, I get the ticket and, and thank the Lord um, through God's favor. It, it wasn't that much money and it all worked out. But I did not want to get lost. But here's what I believe. I believe so many people, they know 
They had an encounter with Jesus, and then somehow along the way they got lost. I see it all the time. I, I walked off stage last week. I walked right down the steps, and there's a guy standing there. And I'm like, well, this is my last day to live. This is awesome. At least, at least I, preached, like, I preached like I felt it. And he's like, I need some help. And I'm like, anybody who ever walks up to me without a smile on their face and says, I need help, is scary. You're like, I need some help. I'm like, yo, I'm wrong guy. I'm like, you're looking for Pastor Joel. He's out front in the J's. You'll find him. Like, so he's like, he's like I, I need some help. I said, bro, what's up? He goes, man, I need to find God. I got lost along the way. I used to be in church. I used to serve God. I used to love God. He said, but I got lost along the way. And I meet so many people that that's their story. They know where the destination is. They know where Jesus is. But somehow along the way, they just got a little bit lost. They got a little bit off track. And when they look back, the track was way over here. And they were just way over here. And so today I want to help you get back on the right destination. I want to help you get right back on the track again. It's a message I think will help all of us in here today. Luke chapter 15 is, is a story about some lost things. And so if you're looking for something to help you, for me, I always go to the Bible. And if the Bible can help you find lost things, then I think you and I can help get ourselves found or help get us back where we need to be at. Luke chapter 15, very, very, uh, passage, very popular passage of scripture. I've never preached all three of these stories at once. I'm gonna do my best with the time that I have allotted. It's gonna take me about two and a half hours and I'll get it all completely preached through. <laughs> some of you are like, I gotta go. I'm not afraid to walk out of here. Luke chapter 15, verse 1. There were some tax collectors, and there were some bad guys, some sinners, and they often came to listen to Jesus teach. Lost people listen to Jesus preach, and so do religious people. Both people come to hear Jesus preach in the Bible. This made the religious people, the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law, complain that Jesus was associating with such sinful people. He even ate with sinners. And I just this is a freebie today. I believe sometimes in here today it, we get to a place in our life where all of our friends are Christians and we got no lost friends. And I think we shouldn't get to the place where all of our friends are lost and we have no Christian friends, but we gotta figure out a balance. And if you're gonna reach your friends for Christ, that means some of them have to be lost. Like you have to have lost people. I believe in here today, some of you guys would be uncomfortable with some of the places that Jesus would go to. Some of you guys would be very gonna be like, oh, I'm not going, if, if Jesus was the pastor of this church, and you went out Friday or Saturday or Sunday and you saw Jesus out and about, you'd be like, yo, that's, he's the pastor of that church. I don't know that I feel comfortable with that because Jesus hung out with sinners. You know, Jesus never got drunk in the Bible, but the Bible says that he hung out with drunks. And they people just said, well, you're guilty by association. And Jesus is like, no, I'm just fishing for men. I'm trying to make sure people who are lost can get found and I know who can find them. His name is Jesus. So Jesus hung out with lost people. People thought he was a drunk. People thought he hung out with, with women that he should have been hanging out with. He found himself one time at a, at a, at a well with a woman who was just him and this other lady. And she was not a very, very, uh, she didn't have a good reputation. But Jesus was going there to help her. He had some lost, he had some lost friends. I think we should have some lost friends. Verse 3 says this. Jesus says, hey guys, I hear you talking bad about me. So let me go ahead and clear the deck for you. Since you're talking bad about me, here I am. Let me tell you a few stories. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And when he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than, than the other 99 than the than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't straight away. Jesus said, I am very, very intentional to make sure lost people meet Jesus. Because people who have Jesus 
don't need to find Jesus. They already have Jesus. I need to go help people who don't have Jesus meet Jesus. So I'm going to go out and get the one. If you're like me in here today, and you're probably not, you probably have a lot more, lot more, um, lot more uh, healthier thoughts in your head. I'm kind of like this. Yo, if you lose one sheep, but you got 99, you're good to go. One ain't going to help you. I can illustrate that a little bit further. I'll go places sometimes, and I will lose just one child. But I look around and I count. I've got three out of four. I think this. I think the same thing you and I think, Fred. It's like three out of four, that's not that bad. Those are good numbers. You know what I'm saying? Lily has, a two, Lily has three girls and she has a son. Like if she loses her son, she's okay. She has the three girls. Like losing one, like if you have one kid, you lose like, oh my goodness, I lost one child. But if you got a bunch of kids and you lose one, you're just, you're, like it's just one. My aunt's here today. She's got three kids. She, she, you'd be okay at losing one. Now, you can't be okay at losing the one that's with you today because she's with you, but you're like, oh, I lost one. My mom had six kids. The numbers get even better. My dad had six kids. If they lost one or two, they'd be like, yo, thank God. <laughs> my, out, my outcome, my financial outcome just went down. My savings went up. My cost going out went down. Like, that's, those are bad numbers. So I'm, if, I'm, if, it's you, if it's me, I'm not worried about losing one sheep, but Jesus says, I... I'm interested in the one lost. I'm not you, Wes. Wes, you'd be a terrible, you'd be a terrible God, Wes. You love people well, Wes, but you don't love people half as much as I love people and half as much as I love you. Then there's another story, okay? So you're like, yo, I don't really get down with sheep. I don't really know what you're talking about. We have a girl this week. She walked out of church, and she's like, hey, I'm going to miss church next week. I said, really? She's like, yeah, my whole family. I said, where are you going? She goes, we're going to lamb camp. I said, excuse me? What did you say? She goes, we're going to lamb camp. I said, I... I've never heard a black person say I'm going to lamb camp. Like that must be a white, that's where white people go apparently because I've never heard of lamb camp, you know? You're like, shots fired. I'm like, what is lamb camp? She's like, well, we go and we talk about lambs. I'm like, well, you have fun. Tell me about it when you get here, send me pictures. Like, because I'm not going to, I'm going to vacation. I'm not going to lamb camp. She's like, we're going to lamb camp. So if you're like, I don't really get lambs. I didn't really get your joke about the black people either. Let's keep on reading, okay? <clears throat> that went, it was funnier in my head than it was out loud. Verse 8 says this, Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins, and she loses just one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the, sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? I went home last night, and the storm had hit my house, and my, my garage door wouldn't go up. So I'm like, dang it. And usually that's how the devil works. When you're going to go on vacation, something in your house breaks. That's just, if that's not you, then keep doing what you're doing, my karma's bad, you know, like, or you come back and, like, leaky faucet, like, leaky sink, it just messed everything up, like, usually two or from vacation, something bad's gonna happen to your house, for me, it was, like, two, I, I got two bad tires, you know I'm going on vacation with two bad tires, but they're ordered for when I get back, so I'm gonna get it right eventually, but he says here, when she finds the one last coin, she'll call her friends and her neighbors, and she'll say this, rejoice with me, because I have found my lost coin, in the same way, there's joy in the presence of God's angels when one sinner repents. If I have, it says here she had 10 coins. If I lose one coin, I'm not going to turn my house upside down to look for the one lost coin. My son got a job this week. I was telling you guys with, with Derek, and he walked in the house. He goes, something bad happened, Dad. I said, what did Jay do? <laughs> I said, how many cuss words did Jay say? <laughs> He's like, none that I heard. I'm sure he said something. But uh, I'm just kidding. He goes, I, he, he, lost his, he lost his 25 bucks. Do not give it back to him. That's on him. He's got to find it. Don't be like, I'm going to make him feel better. He lost it. But he just made $5 because I made a deal with him. Every time I mention his name in a sermon, I got to give him 5 bucks. So now he's only down 20 So, But he lost it. Can't find it. So we're like turning the house upside down. I'm not turning the house upside down for a dime when I have, if I have 100 bucks and I only lose 10 bucks. I'm not turning the house upside down. I'm not going to go, 
I'm not going to panic and lose my mind. But the Bible says that Jesus, is, if, he loses, if he loses one coin, he's going to go and find it. Because Jesus is really consumed with helping people who get lost find their way. And if you're in here today and you've lost your way, Jesus is very consumed with you finding your way back on track. Now, if you're here today, you say, well, well, good. Wes, I don't understand the money illustration, and I don't understand the whole lamb thing, because, again, I'm like, you, yeah, I'm not going to lamb camp. Jesus said, okay, well, if that didn't work for you guys, that I'm consumed with helping people who are lost find their way, I can go find people. I love people. I care. If that doesn't work for you, I'm going to tell, I'm going to complete the trilogy with a third story. Verse 11 says this. To illustrate the point a little bit further, Jesus told them this story. There was a man who had two sons. I can relate. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. Savage. Like, Dad, I want what's owed to me now. Now, we can relate with this because we live in, we live in an immediate generation. We want things ASAP. We want them super, super fast. I was reading the, um, the, the, a, a book called Excellence Wins. It's the founder of the Ritz-Carlton. One of the things that he said in the book was, was pretty cool to me was that, that the Ritz-Carlton was really one of the innovators in the, in the keyless entry in the, in the hotel industry, the plastic cards. But what happened was they went out and they printed all the cards. They went to the room doors. They changed all the room doors. They got the electronics there. And all you got to do is swipe your card. Well, the customers went to them and said, this is trashy. I don't want this piece of plastic. Bring me back my hotel key. I want to use a key. This is, this is a fine, fine hotel, and you got me using a cheap piece of plastic. So he takes this cheap piece of plastic and puts it away and goes back and puts the locks back on the door, gives the keys back out, and the people now have the keys to get into the rooms. And what happened was is people were like, they, got to, they started going to hotels where there's plastic keys. Like, yo, they get in so much faster with the plastic keys. Like, we want the plastic keys back. We want the plastic keys. We live in such an immediate right now generation we can relate with this. That's where we find ourselves. And if we don't get what we want, we'll just go, we'll go take it or we'll go a different direction. If I can't get what I want, if God can't do what I've asked him to do, or if it can't come to me today, then I'm gonna go find it, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go find it somewhere else. So he says here in this passage of scripture, his father agreed to do what he asked him to do. Verse 13, a few days later, the young son packed all his belongings, he called an Uber, and he moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all of his money and while living, just like you would do and I would do if we were young and like I did when I was young. About that time, his money ran out because if you are chasing the things of this world, it will always run out. If it's stuff, it will run out. If it's people, if it'll run out. If it's anything but God, the only thing that I know that in this world that does not run out is God's love. That's the only thing I know. Everything else is going to run out. Promise you. I go to my house today when I bought, I bought my house. I was so excited to buy this house. It was a newer house. And day one, I went to go to pull the, it wasn't a brand new house for me. It was newer. But I went to pull the drawer out and the whole drawer just came on out. <laughs> like, I got a new house. Here's the drawer. I can prove it. You know, like, you know, you have a new drawer, but your house is old. Like, we need it right now. And whatever we get it, usually when we get it, it's never enough. We have to keep on pursuing it. If I go out and say, if you go out and get a brand new car, my sister got a new car. I'm like, let me, let me. This is what I said to her. As you can tell, I don't have a new car. I'm like, yo, let me smell your car. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I'm not as rich as you. I got to smell your car. Just let me smell your car. That's all I want. I want to smell your car. My, I, you want to, my smells like Cheetos, Cheerios, like coffee. I got the car detail this week. The guy looked up there and he goes, it's going to be extra. <laughs> I said, oh, I know. I said, but how extra? He's like, extra, extra. I'm like, just, it needs to be done. Diana looked at the credit card bill, the, the credit card bill, which we paid off every month. She's like, that was not, it wasn't worth that. I'm like, it was pretty bad. And she's like, did you tip them? She's like, I had to. I, I, didn't know, I didn't know how to. Like, I couldn't be a Christian and not tip them after what he had to go into and do all that. 
I owed a guy. I owed a bro. And um, he was like, what are you doing raising animals in here? I'm like, kind of. <laughs> it's complicated. Um, so we see in his pastor scripture, the Bible says that he ran out. If you, cho- if you will always run out if you're choosing the things of this world. A great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the field so he could feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods that he was feeding the pigs looked good enough to him, but no one gave him anything. He got to a place where everything ran out, and he found himself eating pig's food. Now, I don't know about you here today, but I'm not eating pig's food. I'm barely eating McDonald's. Some of you guys, I just defended some of you guys because you love McDonald's. And it's okay, it's just not me. It's just not me. You do you, I do me. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm more of a Chipotle kind of bro, you know? Like, it's got to be, it's got to at least look fresh. You know, like, it doesn't have to be fresh, but at least it's got to look fresh. You got to, you, 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 you run, you're going to run out if you're pursuing the things of the world. You always will. Always will. If you're trying to hold on to everything you have, you're going to run out. I was with a group of people, young people, and I'm, I'm in, a, in a community group with a bunch of young people, and that's how I roll. I roll with young people. It makes me feel young, but I was there, and one of the, one of the girls there, she's like, she, she paid for all, We were at Top Golf. We had three bays, and she's like, I'm just going to pay for this whole entire bay. Generous people, I know every sermon I preach usually ends with genero- some more generosity gets in there because I just think generosity is a great way to live your life. I went into, I ran into my friend in the back row back there today. I ran into my Chipotle. He walked to my kid and gave him all a $5 bill. I said, this is awesome. I'm $20 richer, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, what's theirs is mine, what's mine is theirs. You know, it's like marriage, Joel. He's like, whatever you got is what I got. And you know me, I'm savage. I'm like, bro, I'm their dad. Where's my money at? You know, <laughs> I'm like, your bro likes gifts. Where's my, like, I don't like fives either. Expensive taste. I'm going on vacation and I got to buy tires. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Generous people never, ever run out. They never run out. You, the more you're generous, you'll, you'll never, ever run out. So I don't want, I, if I get on that, I'll be there all day. The Bible says this guy ran out. He ran out of stuff. And he got to the place where the Bible says in verse 17, then he finally came to his senses and he said to himself, this is what he says himself, at home, the servants eat better. And here I am, I'm dying of hunger. He's hungry and he's talking to himself. Like, you know you're hungry when you're talking to yourself. Like, yo, your boy's got to eat. I'm hungry. The very next verse, it says in verse 18, he goes, I'm going to go home to my father. And he's I'm going I'm I'm to practice my speech. Here's my speech. He's like, <clears throat> dear dad, I've sinned against you and heaven. And I'm no longer even worthy to be called your son. Like, I'm just, I'm just not that good. Uh, you know, God, I just, I don't have anything to offer you anymore. God, I've just, God, I've, I've really messed up. God, I'm. I'm so far off the track, I'm lost. My, I know where you're at, but you got so far ahead of me, but I'm just in a, I'm in a whole nother track over here. I know where you're at, but I'm, I'm so far off track. Now, yeah, God, I'm sitting in church today, but I'm, just, I'm, I'm here in my body, but in my mind, my mind's world, I'm so far off track, I found myself so far away from you, God, and I have, don't, I have no idea what to do, and I'm hungry, and I'm talking to myself, like things are not going good for me. Have you ever got to your place where most people get to the place when things aren't going good for you, the first place they go to is to church? He's like, I gotta go back home. I'm gonna go back home because things are not going, going good. Dear dad, I'm, I've sinned against you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son because I've screwed up. He's like, dad, can you, can you just maybe carve out a job for me? Can I be a servant? 
I'd take that job, Dad. Like, I don't, I don't expect you to love me anymore, Dad. I don't expect you to take care of me anymore, God. I don't expect you to, I, I've expected you to already throw all my room out already, God, and, and already move somebody else into my space. And I've ex- already expected for you to change your mind. And I, I know you've already given me your inheritance, so you really have nothing else for me, God. I'll sleep outside, Dad. I'll, I really will sleep outside. And I'll just kind of do things from now on a little bit differently. And you don't got to call me Sunday anymore. I'll just do whatever it is that you want me to do. But please just let me come and work for you. So the Bible says, so he went home and he brought his little speech with him. He was ready to go and he, he got there. And the Bible says while he was a long way off, his father saw him coming and the father was upset with him and mad at him because he got the inheritance and he left. No, that doesn't say that. The Bible says, the Bible says that Jesus said, I, I was filled with love and compassion for you. And he went up to his son, he put his arms around him, he gave him a big fat kiss. He gave me a big fat kiss. I used to watch my friends be like, man, your dad kisses you on the lips? That's so weird. And we're growing up in a generation where dad, where because everything's, everything's so weird, where dads can't kiss their own kids. Dad, you ought to kiss, dads, you ought to kiss your kids. You should not send them creepy red lip emoji lips like my dad does, but kissing them is fine. But the red emoji thing, that's weird. Don't do that. There's always a caveat with me. Like, it's cool to kiss them, but like, that thing is weird. Like, deleting my messages. My wife's like, who is that? I'm like, it's my dad. <laughs> Like you don't have to believe me, but you know my dad, so you know this is true. <clears throat> so the Bible says that he was filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son. He embraced him, and he kissed him. And his son takes up the paper and says, Dad, I've sinned against you, both heaven and on you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son because I'm a screw-up. And his father said to his servants, guys, 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 look who's back. Little John Wesley Beecham's back. Little, little Timmy's back. Derek's back. Giselle's back. Look who's back. Brittany's back. Back again. Look who's back. Kenya is back in the house. Like, look who's back. They're back. So let me tell you what happens, because this is awesome. The dad gives him a big hug and a big kiss and says, stay right here. He runs inside to his jewelry drawer because the dad gave him his inheritance, but the dad held some back because the dad knew he eventually would come back. He didn't know he didn't come back but he knew he'd come back. So he goes into the jewelry drawer and he opens up the jewelry drawer and he takes out the son's ring that he was saving for his son. And what I want to tell you in here today, some of you guys today, you think God's giving, you think heaven's your inheritance, but God has an inheritance for you on this earth. That he wants to bless you and your heaven's going to be the ultimate blessing, but there's blessings that he wants to give you on this earth, but you'll never, ever, ever, ever get the blessings in heaven until you start embracing the blessings here on this earth. God has a blessing for you. So he takes out the ring and he gets a jacket out, a really, really nice jacket with his initials on it because that's just cool. And he runs out and he says, son, here's your ring. He takes his ring out, slides it on the, on the son, puts the jacket around him and says, son, you, you are welcome back. He calls the servants. He's like, yo, guys, Jeffrey, from Fresh Principal there, Jeffrey, let's throw a fat party. We're having Wagyu beef. If I said it wrong, it's because I haven't had it yet, but I'm proclaiming I'm going to get there. But he's like, we're going to have Wagyu beef. Is that the beef where they feed the, the, they massage the beef every day? And I think they feed the beef wine from what I've been told. I don't know. I haven't had it yet. But they massage, they take, they like, it's the best beef in the world. We're going to have that tonight. Get the best drinks, the best food, because my son has come back home. He was lost, but now he is found. And then in the corner, while this is all going on, is Salty Sandy. Old Salty Steve over here. He's upset. He's like, well, I never had the Wagyu beef. I I never had that. He's complaining. Well, God never blessed me. I didn't get what what they had. 
get in the, get in the story for a minute. I, I don't have what they have. How come God doesn't bless me as much as he's blessing them? And how come my deliverance isn't here yet? How come my miracle hasn't showed up yet? And, and we're over here with our hands crossed, just talking about, we're reminding God of all things that we haven't had. And we're forgetting about all the things that God has done for us. We're good at that. We're really good at remembering the negative. I found this, but we're really, really good. We're really, really bad at remembering all the positive things. We forget that God gave us health. We forget that God has blessed us. We forget all the things that he's done for us while we're saying, look at him, look what he got. Look what she got. I don't wanna get stuck on that message, but I did, I did wanna give you a couple of things. If you're here today and you got a little bit off track and you got a little bit, a little bit out of the way, three things real quick you can take a picture of. I need my iPad to wake, oh, there we go. This guy's first time on words, he's got it. The father wanted the son. The son got to the place where he's like, well, my dad doesn't want me. Nobody wants me. We live in a generation where everybody feels like nobody wants them. It's so funny to me. We want somebody to want us, and there's a God in heaven who wants us, but we don't want that. We want someone else who doesn't really want us to pretend like they want us for a season or until they're done with us. When there's a God in heaven saying, I want you, but I don't want you for a little bit. I want you all the time. So as soon as the dad left, he's like, I'm gonna give this to you, but I want you to know I want you. And the reason why we know he wanted his son is because he left the ring in the jacket. He could have given him the ring in the jacket, the members only jacket. He could have given that to him. The ring, he could have gave it to him, but he left it in the thing. He's like, cause you're gonna come back. He wanted the son. He wanted the son. Not only did he want the son, the Bible records that he waited on the son. He got to the place where he was in the house and he starts pacing. How many of you guys in your day, you're a pacer and you just start walking when you get nervous or you need to, anybody pacers? Most of y'all are Baptist still, so you just not raising your hand in church. We're gonna get that fixed eventually. But yeah, some of you, there we go, all my pacers. It took me a while. Your wife is pointing at you. So like, you're a pacer. Like, if you don't know you're a pacer, ask them. And so the, the dad's like, man, I want my son. Man, I'm waiting on my son. I'm waiting on him. I want him. And, and now he's waiting on him. He's pacing. And, and, the, and the Bible says that he just kept on pacing back and forth, pacing back and forth. And that's the way I kind of foresee it. And I think he just drew, drew there was a drew a line in the sand where he just been walking in circles and circles and circles because there is no tile yet. Tile's not there yet. No travertine yet. No baller floors that we have now. Tiles that look like wood wood that looks like tile, vice versa. Like, he's just walking in circles. Man, man, I just, I can't, man, I just, I cannot wait for my son to come back home. Man, I can't wait for my son to come back. Man, man, dad, vacation is tomorrow. I cannot wait for vacation. I cannot wait for my son to come back today. And today, before you get too far and before you miss the most important part of the message that you and I are not talking about the son. We're talking about you and I. We were lost and we got away from God and God's like, man, I really want you. You're wanted. You're wanted. West Beecham is wanted. KT is wanted. You're wanted. We're, God wants you, and he's waiting on you. And you got here today, and God said, hey, man, I have been waiting. I've been waiting on you. What, what, took, you so, what took you so long? I know this. The father didn't know when the son would come back, but he was willing, and he knew that he was going to come back. He's like, he's going to come back. He's waiting. He's waiting for you to come back home. There's a better life for you with the Father than the life that you have without the Father. Your life is better with the Father. 20 times out of 20, your life is better with the Father. So the Bible says that he wanted, he really did want his son to come back and he got to the point where he got there. I'm sick, like sometimes we want stuff but we don't do nothing about it. Like you wanna have a better life but you don't wanna get rid of the toxic relationship. 
you want to have a better life, but we don't want to be, we don't want to be generous. We want to have a better life, but we won't wake up and show up and just, just be available and be faithful. We, we want a better life, but we won't do any things that we won't do any of the things that we, we want a better life, but we won't do any of the things that we see in this book. I can't make this stuff up. I just know this, that whenever you do things in this book, your life is better with this book. Your life is better with this book. So he got to the place where he's like, yo, I can't, I want my son, I'm waiting on my son, but I need to, I, I think he's coming back. I need to go, I need to go look for him. I need, I need to go watch for him. So he gets up out of it. He, he quits walking. He goes to the door and he slams the door wide open. He's like, I know my son's coming back home because there's a famine that dude, he's got, because we always come back for food. You know what I'm saying? Moms, moms, they, we always come back for food. You know what I'm saying? Moms, rest assured, if your kids ever leave your house, they're gonna get to the point in your life where they're gonna be hungry. They're gonna need a meal. They're gonna call you. Man, I need some brownies. They're like, y'all need brownies. My mom texts me. My mom knows that my mom can preach this message better than I can, but she texts me. And she's like, hey, I made sausages and biscuits and gravy. I'm like, if I lived next door, I would be there. But I'm 35 minutes away. They're worth an hour drive, but I just couldn't get there. I'm like, give your boy a heads up. But my family, we're just late for everything. Some of you guys are like, I know we've been trying to be friends with you for a long time, but all your family is late. Don't judge us. Just prepare ahead. We're going to be late. Not me, but the rest of them. Miss Donna, don't look judgmental because your daughter, she's the worst. She's the problem in our house. You know what I'm saying? Just throw that out there. Dan's like, Wes, let's go. I'll go get all four kids, buckle them all, and be sitting in the car. And Dan's like, where have you been at? I said, we've been in the car while you've been inside. Oh, I was looking for you guys. You said we were ready to go. I'm tired of waiting on you. That's why I'm, I'll be a terrible God. Here, he was watching for the sun. He saw his son coming and he did something that most men don't do in this time of day. The Bible says that he actually ran after his son. He ran to meet him. Man, I missed you so bad. And he threw his arm around and gave him a big hug and a kiss. Some of you guys have been away from God for far too long and he wants to welcome you back in. He did, and here's the thing about God. God didn't say to him, where, now where have you been at? Where have you been at? You try to play God a lot, which is why you mess up. You, we mess up, we mess up God a lot because we try to play God. Because here's what we do. We're like, well, God doesn't really want me to come back. Well, this, the Bible says he does. I've done some really bad things. Well, Jesus already knew all the bad things that you were gonna do when he died on the cross for your sins. So he's not taken back by your, well, you know what? I mean, God's a tough God. I, when I read the Bible, I don't see a tough God. Just... I blank out the Old Testament a little bit. It gets a little bit weird in there. But in the New Testament, I see a loving God who loves us, who's for us, who cares for us, who wants to prosper us, who has planned for us. Well, I'm just not, you know what, I just, I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'll never be able to be a pastor. I'll never be able to be like Pastor West. God doesn't want you to be like me, and he don't want me to be like you. He wants you to be you. You could kill it for the kingdom. You could kill it for the kingdom. I can't run a roofing company. But he can. And God can use that to build the kingdom. And I can't run a landscaping company because it's hot. That's just, that's why, I mean, I could do it, it's just hot. But he can, and he can have kingdom impact with his employees, and he can have kingdom impact with, with his, gener he can use his generosity to change the world. I can only do what I can do. I can't be a nurse like Mel, but Mel can have kingdom impact at the, at the NICU. I can't, I can't go there, I can't help people. If I see blood, I pass out. Like, I can't do what she does. You can be 
what God wants you to be, where you're supposed to be at, but you'll never be all that God's called you to be until you come back home. Today's your day to come back home.